Hey, 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 what is going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show, and I know that you want to represent the CMS and you're just not sure how to do it, right? Well, the best way to do it is to pick up some merch over at our store at Creator Spring. That's right. The website is right there on your screen, bit.ly slash CMS store one. Just go there, and we've got everything out there that you would want. We've got coffee cups. We've got wine cups we've got water bottles posters phone cases even got this swell fishing hat right here for those of you that are fishermen pillows hoodies i know it's getting colder and you guys have asked us for hoodies there's zippered and unzippered hoodies there shot glasses pints you name it it is all there the only thing that's not there your credit card at least not yet but it should be here in the next 30 seconds so get over to bit.ly slash CMS store one, pick up some gear and represent the classic metal show. That's what you want to be doing, right? Right. Do it today, folks. From the Operation Mind Crime release, that is Sweet Sister Mary going out by request to our uh, Italian friend there in the uh, chat room. Your favorite favorite uh, fan there, Chris, Sal. And uh, just before that, we heard from Mary Dan with uh, Lizzie Borden be one of us and uh, Shelly Rocks with Thunder. She's so fine. And uh, a guy who's uh, so fine and a guy that we admire and uh, enjoy his uh, commentary, our good friend uh, Jericho Green. Welcome back to the show there, Jericho. Hey, watch it, Andy. I'm going to send you to the HR department. Can't, can't, be, can't be talking like that at work. You might, uh, yeah. you might, Jericho, you might not know this, but we are big proponents of the LGBTQIA plus minus divided uh, by six group. Bar, barf sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thanks. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, so much has transpired. Uh, I'm just glad to be back here. Well, before we get into it, Jericho, I just want you to know that, uh, you know, I, I am always uh, practicing my uh, Second Amendment rights, and tonight's uh, CMS studio is being protected exclusively by my Beretta 92A. So uh, got it at the ready. And, that is uh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I put... I got a new barrel on my 21, still, and I got a new O-Light. So, yes, my studio is also well protected. <laughs> Look at that. Well, Good for I you. Guess, I guess I have to check in as well with oh, the 22, <laughs> just in case anybody was wondering. Studio <laughs> B is, is very well protected as well. I guess there will be no robberies going on in this studio tonight. No, there are, there are three places they shouldn't fuck with. <laughs> well, Jericho, has your uh, has your firearms been able to leave the house and go kill some people without your knowledge? Has it been out running around the neighborhood and, you know, shooting up schools or holding up anybody at stores or anything? Or are you well aware of its whereabouts all the time? Well, unfortunately, no, I keep I keep loading it and I leave it by the front door and I leave the front door open, but it just won't go out. It won't <laughs> it won't kill. It won't terrorize. It won't do anything. And and I'm sure of it because, like I said, I keep leaving the door open. I leave it right there. It doesn't go anywhere. But it won't do anything. 
It won't even go to the front door unless I put it there. The bullets won't go in it unless I put them in there. A, a round won't go in the chamber unless I put it there. So I'm starting to think contrary to what the blue check marks tell us in the empty suits. I think it's who's wielding the gun. I'm, I'm beginning to think they're the problem. I'm beginning to think the gun won't do anything unless you make it. That's insanity, man. Why would you preach such misinformation out there? <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm fighting these thoughts. Believe me, I'm fighting it with every ounce of my being. But I can't. I'm starting to not to be able to deny the results, and it, it just doesn't do anything unless I pick it up and make it do it. So far, nice. <laughs> well, Jericho, we wanted to uh, bring you on not only because you know we consider you a friend and we enjoy your content, but boy, this week you were on fire. You're your one video, I, I watch your videos all the time. I catch your live streams when I can. You know, uh, you're you're one. You're on my list of of go tos during the day. Uh, there's there's two or three people that I check out pretty much uh, every day, and uh, you know you're at the top of the list. And uh, you were on fire about the um, carnage that is being uh, the havoc that's being reaped in the streets. Uh, most recently, uh, since these lax uh, policing laws have gone into place, this defund the police attitude, this, oh, well, we can't hold people accountable, uh, you know, everything is racist, everything is not your fault, there's, you know, we need to go easy on these people, it, it's a, it's a, um, they're just a product of society and their environment, and we can't hold them accountable for that. But uh, there was a, a riot of, I don't know what you want to call it, a riot, a flash mob, uh, just, just carnage and destruction at a gas station convenience store in the Philadelphia area. Chris and I, I was telling you in the text that Chris and I, we go to these stores. I think it's part of the Sheets chain. It's the Wawa, Chris. Okay, and, yeah. And, and Chris is a big, big Sheets fan. He goes to Love Sheets. the Sheets. He goes to Sheets at least two or three times a week. Yeah. Uh, I don't have them in my area, but I, I lived in Ohio forever and they have sheets all over. And when I do go visit Ohio, I always make a point to stop at sheets because I enjoy going there. But unfortunately this Wawa, which I think is a, is a division of sheets, same thing, grocery store, gas station, deli, uh, you name it. Uh, this group of young individuals, or you call them uh black and brown thundercats, uh, just, <laughs> just came into the place and just tore the place apart. And I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on that aside from, you know, obviously the video you made of it. And what do you make of this in, in this kind of environment that we're uh, seemingly uh, seeing more and more of lately? Um, I like to use analogies because I really like people to understand what I'm trying to say. And it's like uh, a Western movie. And when they camp, you know, when they finally set, set up camp, what's the one thing they have? It's a campfire. And they have the campfire burning to keep the wolves that they hear howling and the coyotes and all the bad stuff in the night from coming to their camp. That's why they wake up in the middle of the night to stoke the fire and add wood to the fire so it stays big enough to keep the bad things at bay. So when the fire of society starts to go out, well, the wolves and the coyotes out there, they're going to start coming in. They don't play by our rules. They don't play fair. They don't say, hey, guys, wait. They're harping on the police. They're defunding the police. Law enforcement's pulling back. Let's wait. Let them regroup. And then we'll advance. No. When they see the police going, pulling back, and they call it what they call it, the, the Ferguson effect, 
from that the shit with Mike Brown. You know, they they got on the police and they're all racist, and so the police pulled back. Crime went up. Imagine that. You know, people take the path of least resistance. So when these kids know that nothing's going to happen to them, and if something does happen to them, if they do get in custody, somebody's going to come to their aid and scream racism, Ben Crump or some shit. One of the race vultures is going to be circling overhead, and they're going to come down and, and give an excuse because it's not their fault because of, you know, insert bullshit excuse that no other racial group uses here. Um, so that's why this kind of shit happens. These kids, and it's I think it's, it's also a case of they know this shit's going to be filmed. They know they're going to go viral. Maybe they could sit there and point out to the little friends, oh, that's me. But I think most of it is because nothing's going to happen to them. In some of these states, and uh, this is in Philadelphia, so they have uh, you know, a shit DA there in, in, Pitt, in uh, uh, Philly. Uh, but they know there's a sense of nothing's going to happen. Look at the girl standing up there twerking and shit. And I wish... I wish I could point at, you know, a video of white kids doing this and a video of Asian kids doing this and a video of a bunch of Indian kids doing this uh, push start, start, not the pull start. But you can't because it doesn't exist because they don't have this kind of culture, because this kind of shit isn't taught at home, because they don't see their parents doing the same bullshit and teaching them how to be little thieves and criminals from the beginning when it starts with the welfare and going in stores and stealing and shit. So... They've been taught that this is this is OK. Obviously, there's no fear of consequence. When I was a kid, I had both of my parents, both retired military. My dad or my mom wasn't retired. She only did 10 years, but my dad was retired. So he's always home. There was always somebody's foot up my ass. But even when I wasn't at home, there was my mom and dad's voice in the back of my head, the fear of the consequences that are going to happen if I get caught and I get home. Now, it didn't stop me from doing all stupid shit. I still did stupid shit. But if you think I'm running into a store like that and doing what they did, stealing shit and running out of the one that was in L.A. where they're jumping behind the counter and stealing blunts and all that kind of shit. No way. There's right. no way in hell. There's no fear of consequence. There's no discipline at home. There's no structure. Where? Why are these kids out? Isn't it the middle of the school year? Where, where are they? What time is this? What the fuck is going on? But this kind of shit is going to keep going until something happens. Until they start getting arrested or till a few of them start getting shot, this shit isn't going to stop. Because when they get home, it's not, where the hell have you been? Where the hell did you get all this shit? Because I know you don't have the money for it. It's, let me have some. Where's mine? Did you get anything for me? So <laughs> when this kind of shit is, is nurtured and fostered at home, how, if, if you're not scared of getting trouble at home, fuck the world. The world can't do anything to me. I was afraid of my parents. I was afraid of my mom. And I was afraid of my dad. That's what mm -hmm. kept me from doing a lot of stupid things. But they don't have that. Number one, let's be honest, 99% of them probably don't have a dad. And it's just their mom at home. And who knows what she's doing, working or on drugs or maybe in jail too. Maybe they got a bunch of grandmas at home who can't keep up with these young little bastards. So I don't see this coming to an end until they run into consequences somewhere. And my mom used to always tell me, if you don't make the right decisions, somebody's going to make those right decisions for you. So unless they become a ward of the state, or unless I said, like I said, you know, police start cracking down, they start handing down some stiff punishment, shit's going to keep going. Yeah, I agree. And and one of the thing, one of the things I always, whenever I see these type of videos, these these if you look at that video Chris has got on the screen, they're always scrambling. You, you notice that? It's just 
hyperactivity, just just scrambling around, just just scurrying around from place to place, like with no direction. It's like they they like head this way, and then all of a sudden they turn and run the other way and scramble, scramble, scramble. It's a, it's a really strange activity, I guess it is. It's a weird. See, I, I'm gonna disagree with that. And Jericho, you can obviously check in one way or the other on this. I don't think that it's that unusual. I think it's because there's lack of leadership, which starts with the family, just like Jericho was saying. Nobody, nobody in this group, and I can only relate this to like military time when I was in the military. When you're in the military, if there's no assigned leader, somebody steps up and becomes the leader. Somebody will step up and say, all right, this is what we're doing. You guys go over there and you guys go over there. You see this kind of chaos. That's just what it is. It's chaos. There's nobody that steps up to say, okay, you go into the first row and take all the chips and you go and take all the pop. You know, there's nobody because there's no, there's no sense of education that has taught no, people it, to lead. They're not, all followers. Yeah. It's not organized. It's not organized at all. No. And um, it's like there, remember the Tasmanian devil from Warner brothers cartoons. <laughs> yeah. He was just this whirling ball of chaos. And mm -hmm. when he left, everything was destroyed. And as, as Americans, we look, we all look at this, no matter what color you are, we all look at this. With, with disgust, we all look at this as a problem and we all look at it, we're like, we're ashamed for them. Like this is shameful behavior, this is awful. But when you're black and you see shit like this, there's an extra ingredient. It's called, it's shame, but it's shame because they look like me. My dad would always tell me, they may be, may be your color, but, the, but they're not your kind. And I know that. But when I see stuff like this and videos like this come out, I know that the rest of society is looking at this too. And when you see enough images like this, it's human nature. You can't help but to expect that behavior when you see these kind of people. When you see these videos a thousand times, it's human nature to think when you see a group of these kind of people, this is the behavior you're going to get. So it almost forces normal black people to become PR reps. And there's almost a sense of you have to prove that we're not all like this. And and somebody that told me his name was uh, King Face, R.I.P. He was a, a conservative and he's a black guy, but he was from the hood. Like he, he didn't leave. He was conservative, but he still a lot of his had a lot of his hood mannerism mannerisms. And one thing that I learned from him, he said. There there's only one kind of white privilege. White people have the privilege of having a, a difference of opinion with another white person and not be called a race traitor. That's the only yeah. white privilege there is. As far as being able to do all this shit magically, all you got to do is pull your sleeve up. Oh, come on in. No cover charge for you, white guy. House, insurance, money. What do you need? Just roll up your sleeve. That's right. ridiculous. Right. But there's a, a level of shame, personal shame, that comes along with this as a, as a black person who shares their skin color, but definitely not their behavior. And this shit, it just makes me... Anybody looking at this would get angry. But there's an extra anger... When these little bastards look just like you and when the cure to these ills is right there in front of you, family, marry before you carry. Don't have no damn babies until you're married. And if you have a baby, fun and games is over. But there's no value of life, not only when it comes to violence in these neighborhoods, but when it comes to having kids. I mean, there are a lot of situations where a black kid has a 50 percent chance of being born. 50% chance of being aborted. So there's no value of life. So if you don't have value of life, there's no value of property. 
there's no value of you know feelings. You don't that doesn't matter. You're almost a little a little killing machine. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna ask this, and it's gonna probably sound a little racist, I guess, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Well, um, we're on Odyssey, so it's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're on bit shoot, so it's okay. It's right, right, right wing hate. That's right. <laughs> but but I, I guess my question is, Jericho, is do you think that this, and I'm talking specifically now, not not over the course of time, but specifically now with the last, I'll say what, five years or whatever since Ferguson, whenever Ferguson was, four or five years, whatever that's been. Do you think now that there is there's a thought in the in the lower income black communities that there's finally a leg up on white America? And that's why they do this kind of stuff, because not so much because they want to act like fucking idiots, but because they know for the first time, maybe in the history of race relations in the United States, that there is an advantage where people won't bust them out the way they used to. Do you think that that's how it is? Um, I think they know that, but I don't think they think they have any, any kind of advantage. It's just they're able to get away with it now. This behavior isn't new, but they're able to get away with it now. They're, 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 it's, almost, they're almost, it's almost like they're waiting for them to do it. It's like, come on, no, come on, do it. It's cool. It's, yeah, fuck shit up. Destroy things. Yeah, uh, the... The mayor of, was it Baltimore or the mayor of D.C.? I think it was the mayor of D.C. Well, she said uh, when they were riding, she said, let them destroy. So <laughs> you're almost being, you're almost kind of weird if you don't. But I don't think that um, this is anything new. I think the way it's being treated is new. I think, you know, on every level from the top all the way down that it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's almost expected. Like, it's and it's almost not like the black community feels that way, but these guilt-ridden white liberals who are in power want them to. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it has anything to do with income because there are a lot of people, uh, my dad included, and, and many others who come from not a lot of money, but they don't act like this. Ben Carson, uh, Justice Thomas, they both came sure. from like Detroit, shit, Alabama, like real fucked up. But their right. home wasn't like that. Their home taught them that what you see out there is nonsense. That's not how you're supposed to act. I think that's what, what makes the difference between somebody who takes part in this and somebody who says, nah, man, I'm going home. It's all about how it is at home. Are they telling you? Because violent movies aren't new. Rap music's not new. But in your home, was that shit bumping on the family stereo? Or was it like it was in my house where you better listen to that shit on volume two, like Anne Frank. And <laughs> I was, my brother would have his ear to the speaker like this. Right. And I would be playing lookout because if my mom or dad came upstairs and heard us listening to NWA or right. public enemy, whoever my brother had, that's it. The tapes are being destroyed. And so is your ass. And that's it. So those things were out there, but how we viewed them, we knew that I'm not supposed to do that. I might still do that, but I'm not supposed to. My mom and dad aren't like, oh, have you heard the new 50 cent? No way. There's a one time when I was 15 years old, I went down and visited my aunt LA. And she was younger. Uh, you know, she was uh, younger than my dad. She's a cool aunt. Took me to the mall. Let me buy all these CDs. I'm listening to them up in my cousin's room and stuff. So I bring these CDs home. There's about five of them. And my mom was gone. 
So I had them on the on the stereo in the living room with tall speakers, right? I'm cranking it up, and I'm on the computer, and I was like, "Man, did I just hear the front door open? You don't hear the key in the front door?" And then I see the light from the sun outside behind me, like, "Oh shit!" I turn around, and <laughs> my mom, she collected all five of those CDs, and that was back when CDs were like eighteen dollars. Yeah, she collected this was in the late nineties. She took all those CDs and opened the fireplace and threw them right in the fireplace, and I watched them just melt. <laughs> into a wow. ball. But that sent a message to me that I don't care how much you spent. I don't care how many you bought. This shit is not allowed in my house and I will right. destroy it in front of you. So I carry that attitude with my kids. I don't, I have no problem throwing my, my kids shit away if I need to, or, you know, ninja starring their iPad up against the fence outside. I don't give a shit because yeah. raising you to be a good person is far more important than any trinkets that you have. My daughter, she I bought her a bag of chips. We're driving. She gave me attitude. You give me attitude again, I'm gonna throw your chips out the window. Five seconds later, like like any child, like the perfect <laughs> child, right on time. Let me right. test you one more time. I reach back and grab her chips. I put my window down and I she watched all her potato chips bounce on the asphalt behind us. <laughs> but that's the kind of shit you have to have at home. Your kids have to understand that you're here yeah. to do a job. You're here to raise them, not to be cool with them, and not to support stupid-ass shit like this. So as long as you have dumbass parents who came from dumbass parents, you're going to have dumbass kids like this who are going to become dumbass parents way too fucking early. Do you really believe, though, it's two genera- It's second generation or third generation of, of dummies? Because, dude, you know back the, the parents in the 60s and the 70s were not, it would not have accepted this. They just wouldn't. I, I can't imagine that they would have accepted this kind of fucking chaos. No, but in the 60s, they did accept uh, welfare. You know, that's when the civil rights movement started. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, all, a lot of shit went bad for black folks in America. They all, people always talk about the civil rights movement as this great thing, and it was, but it was a double-edged sword. So I don't think those parents, but the parents who were parents in the 60s were born in like the 40s. Because right. the parents of these little bastards you saw in that video are my age. They were born in 1980, you know, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. These kids are teenagers, so they're probably around 40 or even younger. You know, some of them were probably uh, teen parents or whatever. So that means their parents were born in like the 50s, like my mom. She, my mom was born in the mid-50s, so by the mid-60s, she was only a 10-year-old kid. Right. But a lot of things played into what we have now. And one of the people who has their fingerprints all over what we're dealing with right now is the same guy who lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And he's one of the loudest ones jumping up and down, screaming about this country's fucked up and it's racist and blah, 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 and what's happening to people of color. But if you go back to what, 94, that's not even that long ago, 94, you know, you can see that shit. But until it changes at home, and, and some people say it's, you know, oversimplified or just change the home. Yes, that's exactly right. Fix the home because it's the foundation. You fix everything that's built on top of it. Well, how do you fix the home though? When the minute that you try to, you know, a person like you that, that has, you know, cemented family values and values of, of, you know, being a human being, the minute that you do that, your uncle Tom, and the minute, you know, the minute, the minute that a collective does that, well, now we're living in an Uncle Tom neighborhood or you're not down with the community. That's that's the answer that comes back is, well, you're not down with the community. 
Meanwhile, no one should be down with that community. No. No. And, and people that will call me an Uncle Tom, and they only got about five or six insults. I've heard them all. But <laughs> if they call me an Uncle Tom, number one, they never read the book because they don't understand how the story ended. And number two, it's like when you're dealing with your kid. Like my, my wife, she'll deal with the kids. And once she's mm -hmm. had enough, she calls me in there. I'm like the SWAT team. I'm not here to negotiate. I don't have a bullhorn. I'm here to throw a flashbang in there and then come and fucking people up. That's what I'm here for. So when people are acting like this, eventually you just have to say, that's it. I don't give a shit. Shut up. Call me whatever you want. You're fucking the country up. We can't let this go on anymore. We need to uh, stop incentivizing women to kick the man out of the house and let the government be the daddy for that paycheck. And we need to incentivize people to get married and be together and build a family. We need to have tax breaks and all other kinds of incentives. And not that I want the federal government getting involved too much, but just by them getting out of it would help. Stop incentivizing these women. Stop allowing people to be on welfare for generations. You got X amount of time to be on welfare. After that, I don't know what to tell you. But if you take people's safety net away, they'll start acting differently. You start putting these people away with serious punishment, not you shoot somebody and you're out before they're out of the hospital. That's bullshit. You need right. to start being tough with people. You know, pressure makes diamonds. You know, fuck that. I'm sorry. You say whatever you want. At some point, we have to do something about it. If they're not going to make the right decisions, we need to. I agree, Jericho. Well, let's uh, swing this around to, uh, you know, your newfound uh, uh career or, or the fact that you made a career change and, you know, doing, doing the uh, video streaming, uh, six days a week. And of course doing your, you know, your little car blogs every now and again, and so on and so forth. How's that working out for you now that, uh, you made the leap and you took the chance, uh, is it, is it panning out for you? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. I still got a house. I still got a roof over my head. My children, <laughs> you know, they're not too emaciated. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going well, man. It's, um, you know, it's definitely a pressure on you, but that's good. A little pressure is nice. You know, something nipping at your heels, you know, always keep you honest. I don't mind that. But yeah, it's great, man. The, the best thing about it is being at home with my family. Uh, my daughter's almost 11, so I only got, what, about two or three more years before she's like, I'm out of here, you know, with her stupid <laughs> friends or whatever. So the, the time at home, um, being, having a flexible schedule, I do have shit to do. You know, I do have obligations like, you know, things like this. I do have research to do and stuff like that, but it pales in comparison to other jobs that I've had where, you know, my back hurts at the end of the day and I got calluses on my hand and I'm up before the sun. So I still get up pretty early, but you know, it's, this isn't, this is the easiest job I've ever had. And that's not lost on me, but I, I really enjoy it, man. So far, uh, so good. Excellent. Well, and, and dude, the, the interesting thing, you know, for people that don't know, you're doing it. You, you and I were talking about before we got started here, your, your live streams are doing the same numbers as like a news program would do in, in any city in the country. You know, I mean, you, you, you fire up live and you got, you know, eight, 10, 12, 20,000 people watching what you're, what you're doing. Did you ever see that kind of of audience coming to you when you decided to take it to take it you know as a as a career um not at all man i um 
I only started doing lives about six months ago. Right. So I, I didn't know what to expect. So I just did it. You know, ignorance was definitely bliss. I didn't know shit. Uh, I was just talking to some people and they were like, yeah, you should start doing lives and stuff, you know, and then put it on different platforms and everything like a podcast. So I just did it. I didn't know what to expect. I certainly hoped it worked out. I certainly hoped I would get that shit. Um, but it's great, man. I, and I find that as long as I, I stick to the truth and stay consistent, something's going to happen. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring up, Jericho, are, are you uh, familiar with the um, the actor comedian Russell Brand? Oh, yeah, the British dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he mm -hmm. uh, he amassed a following on YouTube doing very similar thing that you do, uh, the live streams and doing his 10 or 15 minute, uh, you know, daily takes on various things from political to covid to social to to whatever just just commenting on it just like what you do and he amassed an audience of almost seven million people in the last i think he's only been doing it for like two years and uh he he just pulled his uh show from uh youtube all together because he got censored and uh he went to rumble exclusively now so he, after 7 million, you know, build up a 7 million uh, follower audience, he just, he got censored. They, they pulled his uh, stream or he, they, they uh, suspended his channel and he said, screw this, I'm going to rumble and that's it, you know? And so I was wondering if you had heard about it or if you had any comment on it or what your thoughts are on the alternative platforms, because I know you've, you know, major uh, bones on YouTube. But, uh, you know, that's so dicey and you should know because you've been suspended a few times on YouTube for God forbid disinformation or using a word that's not allowed or whatever the case may be. It's just ridiculous. I cannot believe we live in a time when you utter a word today that was okay yesterday, but then six weeks or six months from now, it's okay to use it again because the fact checkers decided it was okay to mm -hmm. use it. again. you know, it's it just we're beholden to people who say, well, this is what you can say today, but don't say that tomorrow. It's such bullshit, man. And it's, that's why it's so frustrating because it's changing all the time. Like rules aren't supposed to change all the time. Sometimes rules need to change, but after they've been a rule for a while, like this, you're not even let the cement dry yet. The shit mm -hmm. keeps changing all the time and it's annoying. And I have, uh, I am on different platforms, rumble locals, um, Spotify. So I'm spread out a little bit, but yeah, the, the bulk of my following is here, but you know, if it came down to it and I had to move, I'm not afraid of that because you know, my, I'm not going to change and I could take my talent, whatever talent I have, whatever this is, and I can go anywhere with it and I'll rebuild it. And it's, but it sucks because that's a lot of people that took a lot, mm -hmm. even though two years is not a lot of time. He put in a lot of work and he was famous before. So I'm sure that helped, but he yeah. put in a lot of time and effort and consistency in that. And just to have it taken away by such a big bully. Like, what are you going to do to YouTube? You almost mm -hmm. you almost feel like you just have to eat it. You just have to swallow it and move on. But that part of you that wants to let them know how pissed you are, you know, that really sucks. But Russell Brand, I like him, dude. He's funny. And I, when I first started seeing his videos, I almost had to do a double take. I'm like, wait, what are you saying? Because you're a Hollywood actor. And what are you saying? <laughs> so it was yeah. nice to hear uh, somebody, you know, from that, from that world, just say what we're all thinking. He's not reinventing the wheel. He's not saying like, what you say, Russell? It's right. shit 
that we all know to be true, but somehow the shit that we knew to be true has been silenced. And you know, if you could if you could get a class photo of these fact checkers, I bet you there's a bunch of people with hair over one eye and some black <laughs> fingernails and like some deep <laughs> V-necks and weird colored hair and shit. You know, you know what they look like. Soy just coursing through their veins, bad skin. <laughs> you know, the 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 kids getting the swirlies and shit. Well, now they're in charge. And now you're going to pay because everything you say reminds me of my dad that doesn't love me. Right. Well, you know, the, the best thing is that you are taking it to other platforms, Jericho, just because if you look at the at the landscape as it's changing today, you're starting to see the bigger names are are having presence in other places, like, you know, Louder with Crowder is one that we always talk to because Dave, Land I do Dave Landau's website and I'm you know friends with Dave. And I mean, they have how many millions of people they have on their, yeah. on their YouTube, a couple million people. And they've built a rumble platform for every time they keep getting suspended. Now they fight YouTube, they yeah. fight YouTube legally, but they've still put, put together a rumble following where they have, you know, a, a large amount of people so that if, if YouTube ever goes dark, you know, then, then they have a, they have a place. And it's great that you're doing that as well, because let's face it, it's not a question of if for any, for any of us, for, mm -hmm. you know, like I was telling you before, we know we're done. You know, we got our second hate speech strike the other day for something nine years old. So we know we're dead. And, and it's like, okay, but I've spent the last two or three years building a presence mm -hmm. so that when they do shut us down, it ain't going to kill us. And it's great that you're doing that as well, man, because as, as I'm sure you're finding out, it's not like you're going to a place that nobody's ever heard of before either. I'm sure you probably, you tell me, are you getting response from people that are saying, Hey, it's cool that you're here on rumble or it's cool that you're here on Spotify and not just YouTube. Yeah, I am. And uh, the locals, I think they somehow are connected to Rumble. So the sales rep that I have, he is going because I told him I want to do more stuff on Rumble, but I don't have the ability to go live unless you buy some kind of streaming package. Untrue, sir. They just actually made that made that change um, two weeks ago. OK, well, you'll everybody see everybody can everybody can go live now. OK, well, you'll see me going live on Rumble and I hope to get you know, uh, a good chunk of the people I have on YouTube to follow me over there. Yeah, I'll definitely, sure. I'll start going live on Rumble. Yeah, it, it's over. Yeah, the, the only thing that blows about about Rumble is you have to, you have to update the, like if you embed it on your website or whatever, you know how like on YouTube, it, you just embed it once and whenever you go live, it's there. Mm -hmm. with, with Rumble, every single time you go live, you have to put in a new code. It's, I mean, it's minor thing but it you know it's a minor thing if you want something that's embeddable forever go to odyssey because odyssey goes live and and it's the same as youtube as far as you you embed it once and it's there so okay you know, but but yeah dude I, i'm just happy for you that you're not putting all your eggs in the youtube basket because lord knows they'll stomp on you before they'll paint them like easter eggs they sure will assholes yeah like <laughs> like, like like you were saying, saying nearly, I uh, I've been uh, suspended a couple times, and it's always for some outlandish. Like, what do you like? Uh, a couple times it was for inciting violence. There was <laughs> nothing. I never said the word hit, punch, shoot, nothing in there. So I don't know how I'm inciting violence, and it's it's just willful ignorance. Because if somebody 
is mentally unstable enough to be set off by a YouTube video when nobody said, go do this, like it's on some subliminal shit, that person has problems already. And a YouTube video is not what you need to be worried about if that's the case. But it's bullshit and they know it's not. And anybody who would do that, they're all mentally fucked up anyway. So it has nothing to do with what we're saying here. And we're not saying crazy, irrational, you know, fringe things. We're not. We're just saying what we all know to be true. But overnight, that's become taboo and, a, you know, a, an offense bad enough to have you lined up against the wall. Well, uh, Jericho, I see you got Mark Levin's book up there behind you. Are, are you a Mark Levin fan? I am. I was reading that uh, when I was flying back and forth uh, to Dallas for the Uncle Tom 2 premiere. I like Mark Levin. He gets fired up, man. He starts <laughs> out, you know, he starts out all calm and shit, but like two, three minutes in, dude, he's letting you have it. He reminds me of uh, Michael Savage. Yeah, well, I, I listen to Mark Levin as well, and I bought, I buy all his books as well. So I, I'm on the same boat as you. But uh, yeah, he's like, ah, shut up, dude. <laughs> Mark Levin gets fired up, man. I like him, and he's you know really smart dude, very yeah. intelligent, smart guy. I don't know why more people aren't listening to him. Not like just his platform, but you know, like in our government. Well, because like, he's a he right, he's a right winger. <laughs> He's a right what the hell does that even mean? Pull up video from 2009, 2010, 2012, and all of these people calling us right-wingers were saying the exact same thing, the exalted one. I don't even want to look at the camera when I say his name, Obama. <laughs> he was saying that we need uh, secure borders and people need to be punished for coming over here illegally and all the other shit that we talk about. They, they said the same thing, same exact words. Fast forward 10, 12 years. No, that's not what we said. We don't believe that. We believe 180 degrees in the other damn direction. And this has to be evil. It has to be because these people aren't stupid. They're, you know, formally educated people. So I don't think they're stupid. They have to be evil because to say the things they say and go home at night and not either start laughing maniacally because of the lies and bullshit you said that day or to not feel absolutely horrible for lying to the American people. They have to be evil. They have to be sociopaths because they can't believe that shit. They have kids. So if these women push children out of their bodies, how are you going to turn around and tell me a man can have kids? Well, you did it. Right. <laughs> what the well, you. Well, you live in uh, you live in uh, at least one of the most liberal states out there, uh, California or California, as you call it. And uh, you know, I know you had considered uh, relocating to another state, and obviously, you know, something uh, has kept you there in California. So, how has the environment changed in the last, I don't know, say like two years at least? Because it seems like there have been some major changes out there as far as like laws and acceptance of certain deviant behaviors and and obviously the tax situation is out of hand and you know the the mass mad or the mass exodus of people leaving california because of the nonsense that goes on there what are, what are you seeing as a resident of california california is a testing ground it's a it's a petri dish for all the wild crazy gross shit they want to bring to the country so if you see it here, it's coming there. Um, the homeless have gotten worse. Or I got I need to train myself to not call them homeless because that implies if you just give them a home, everything will be fine. The voices in their head will stop. The addiction to drugs will stop. 
So the outdoor drug addicts, um, <laughs> that's gotten worse. And the laws, he just signed a, a package. It was a package. It was a bundle. It was a, a package deal. 13 new laws that have to do with um, paying for travel, lodging, food, and procedure for women or birthing people. Sorry, forgot where I was. <laughs> birthing people to get an abortion. And if you come from out of state and you want to give your kid gender affirming surgery or you want to give them uh, the hormone blockers and stuff, California will not give that medical information to other states and they will help. There will be advocates on the part of the family who want to do this to their kids because they said, and I quote, it's time to protect trans kids. Those four trans kids who are being abused by their parents by allowing this shit, we need to protect them. And all of these laws, all these weird ass laws, and I mean all of them because I read up on them, all these SBs and ABs and Senate bills and uh, assembly bills and shit, all the things that have to do with uh, um, it being up to a judge's discretion, whether or not they make someone uh, register as a sex offender, as long as they're within 10 years of the age of their victim. So if she's 14 and you're 24, as long as it's within 10 years, when you get out, it's up to the judge to make you um register as a sex offender instead of it being law. But the person who drafts all these laws or these bills is a guy named Scott Weiner. I don't know if he's related to Anthony Weiner, but his name's Scott Weiner. And <laughs> sorry guys, if your last name's Weiner, I gotta, yeah. you know, I need to know, I need to keep my eye on you. So he's the one authoring all this weird shit and all these bills like giving illegals free healthcare no matter their immigration status. And all this crazy shit going on in California, it's only gotten worse in the last two years. I do want to leave. The main thing keeping me here is family, my wife's family, her mom and her brother and our nieces and all this stuff are here. She doesn't want to leave them yet. You know, I'll, I'll deal with that. But that's really the only thing keeping us here. And it's expensive to move, even though you're going to a cheaper place. You know, it's expensive to pick up a move. We just bought a house. But and I'm in kind of a little red pocket. I don't live in the liberal cesspool that I did living down by the coast because down by the coast, anywhere in California on the coast, you know, they'd say the belly of the beast. That's the asshole of the beast. <laughs> like that's the worst part of the beast right there. Like Santa Cruz, San Francisco, of course, LA, anything by the water. That's where all the fucking crazies go. But right. California is definitely getting worse. And I know the pendulum is due to swing the other way, but I don't know when that's happening here. I really don't. We've got really close to recalling Gavin Newsom with Larry Elder. I got a chance to meet him as well and talk to him about it a little bit. The way they did that shit was shady. It was a real kick in the nuts, man, to know that we were this close to getting rid of Gavin Newsom, and we didn't. Because I think if, if, you're even, if you're even on the ballot for a recall, you need to be recalled. Because if your job, if they got a million people to sign up and say you suck, then you probably suck. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one more thing there, Jericho. I just wanted to get your uh, thoughts on this before we uh, cut you loose. But uh, obviously, uh, the great uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida, he uh, shipped 50 uh, illegals to uh, <laughs> to, to the uh, liberal bastion known as Martha's Vineyard, and it took him no less than 36 hours to whisk those people out of there. The, the uh, sanctuary state, sanctuary city, sanctuary area that welcomes everybody, but yet within 36 hours, like, get these guys out of here immediately. <laughs> Not in my backyard, Pally. I mean, they're, they do like immigrants as long as they come with a mage uniform 
or a pickup truck with a bunch of tools in the back <laughs> for doing landscaping. They love those immigrants. Other than that, ew. They talk a good game on Twitter. They talk a good game in their little social circles. They run in, but when they show up, no. Get these people out of here. They have the National Guard there in less than two days to get those people out of there. That's quick. So if you can get the National Guard to Martha's Vineyard, we can't get them down on the southern border in Texas, California, Arizona, New Mexico, anything like that. We can't get them down there. That is such bullshit, and it's genius. That's why we need to borrow uh, DeSantis for four to eight years. I'm sorry, Florida, <laughs> but we need him, okay? We need Superman, and it's genius. Abbott, too. It's absolute genius. And they only got a pinch. They got 50. That ain't shit. They get thousands a month. There's 2 million people a year coming across that border, and they're crying, declaring states of emergency. New York dispatches a team to do exploratory uh, to, for an exploratory mission in Texas to see what's going on down at the border. Bitch, if you have a cell phone in your pocket, you know what's going on down at the border. So when it comes to them, then it's a problem. Then And they, they have the nerve to say that these people, these illegals are being tricked. Well, if taking me from shitting in a hole in the ground and walking 1,500 miles across the desert and taking me to Martha's Vineyard, probably the richest zip code we have, if that's being tricked, then come to my house and trick me all the way to Martha's Vineyard. Are you fucking kidding me? Martha's Vineyard, that's a form of torture. That's a humanitarian uh, crisis because you're sending these people to where your donors live and the people that pay your paychecks. That's ridiculous. Those people weren't tricked. They signed waivers to go. They, as soon as you step across the border into America, you're already winning. You're already, uh, it's already an upgrade and you get the upgrade of upgrades. Those, those people weren't complaining. But those guilt-ridden white liberal pieces of shit who are, no, no, no. You're offended. You're oppressed. Let me be outraged for you. But, <laughs> but now I have McDonald's 24 hours. No, you're <laughs> oppressed. It's not right. You need to be upset. If you're not going to be upset. I'll be upset for you because it helps me sleep at night. These people are fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, dude, it, it, the interesting thing to me is that when you see stories of people, and I'm going to point to Katy Perry most recently, but there's several stories out there of people that have left California and gone somewhere else. Their, their comment is they feel like they feel like they've moved out of a cult. And that's an exact quote from Katy Perry. She said, and, and I mean, I'm not a Katy Perry fan, so. Don't 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 judge my LGBT, you know, um, value from the fact that I'm quoting Katy Perry. But um, I was surprised to read that, that she said getting out of California, I think she moved to South Carolina, maybe. And she um, her quote was something to the effect of she feels like she escaped a cult because of how cultist the laws and the people are there. For you, how do you keep your own head sane, you know, dealing with this shit day to day, knowing that it's just getting worse by the day? Well, like I said, man, I'm, I'm in a, a red pocket. Okay. So you don't see a lot of that shit around here. Now, if you go 30 minutes uh, south to Sacramento, that's where you start seeing that shit for sure. But out here, it's kind of rural and you have a lot of uh, rice Fields out here, a lot of nuts and stone fruits being grown out here. So a lot of hardworking okay. people 
you don't really get that bullshit here. But when I lived down in Monterey before we moved, yeah, man, oh, yeah. you're in the, in the thick of it. We had like three universities there, a couple grad schools. You got all these. I mean, honestly, Volts, uh, Volvo station wagon driving long, you know, salt and pepper hair and the, oh, I'm an art teacher, man. And this lady comes in, her <laughs> voice, her voice is hoarse. It was the morning after Trump got elected. She's like, oh, my voice. I was like, oh, what happened? Are you sick? She's like, no, I was yelling at the TV because of Trump. <laughs> you know, these, all these, the people you see on TV and just shake your head at, this is where they live. Mm -hmm. The young, the college age people who believe all this shit, who swallow the Kool-Aid gladly, the ponytail Hawaiian shirt, Subaru driving professors. This is where they came from. So living there, yes, you feel crazy as shit. You feel like you're the only sane person around a bunch of crazy people. Young, old, the old people, older people is what really burns your biscuits because you're older. You're supposed to know better. You came mm -hmm. from a time when we didn't believe in this shit. You're supposed to be showing us the fucking light. And you're crazier than the young people. Yeah, and it was, I couldn't stand those people. I found myself biting my tongue too much at work, which made it easy to leave. Because you just hear the craziest shit come out of people's mouths. It's mm -hmm. never been challenged. So they have no, they don't see anything wrong with them talking about, oh, Trump, you voted for Trump. You know, all this anti-Trump shit. But if I said some anti-Obama shit, or some anti-Biden shit, all of a sudden I'm being pulled outside with two of my managers so they can one of them can witness me signing my write-up. Fuck that shit. <laughs> right. Why do you why do they feel so safe espousing the most horrible shit you've ever heard at mm -hmm. work? Why is that okay? One of these little non-binary bitches said, men should just be used for sperm donors. I said, Well, who's gonna open all the pickle jars and kill the spiders, bitch? You're not. <laughs> oh, women will bullshit. Yeah, you get a hundred women and put a spider on the ground and let me see which one of them goes. Stand back, ladies. I'll kill it. Shut the fuck up. You don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. But they've never been challenged. So all this crazy, stupid shit that they say, they don't see anything wrong with it. No one's ever said, you're out of your mind or shut your mouth. So they yeah. think it's cool. And they know, they know they're protected. They know they can get away with that. And they know they can vilify people who don't, you know, toe that ridiculous, retarded line. No, you're right. And, and you know, the other thing that they know, too, is that unlike us as guys, they know that regardless of what they're espousing, they're not going to deal with the physical, yep. with the physical side of oh, it, too. Wait you, know, you know, because, you know, you know, if, if me and you are in a bar and somebody says the wrong fucking thing to you, you're going to yeah. punch them in the fucking mouth. Yeah. You if know, I throw my drink in your face, it's going to be a yeah, problem. It's going to be you're you're throwing. But the, but the women for as much as they claim that they want to be equal and treated mm -hmm. the same, they want to be treated the same as long as you're acting like them, mm -hmm. as long as you're acting feminine. But if you're a man's man, they do not want to be treated the same because they do not want that fucking, that, that grievance, man. You know what? Um, I, one of these chicks, so the girlfriend or whatever, cause they're non-binary, but they look like boys. Why are right. they non-binary, but you look like one of the binaries? That shit's retarded. But <laughs> there was another girl that you we worked with. You just used the R word. <laughs> but see, that's another thing. They ignore that that word has another meaning. It also means something that's silly or stupid. It doesn't yeah. just mean a mentally handicapped person, but that's not convenient. So this girl that we, uh, that I, we worked with, she said some customer creeped her out, right? She was telling some people. So one of them comes up and is like, hey, you off work? She's like, yeah, why? 
She's like, oh, I'll walk you to your car. Let's go. Meanwhile, she's five foot five, 130 pounds. But she she lifts weight. She's a deadlifter. So okay. I'm, you're supposed to be. And I'm laughing. <laughs> what are you going to do if a crazy dude who wants her comes out of the dark, out of the shadows? <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to get knocked the fuck out yeah. and not even you're not even if she's going to walk through you. It's going to feel like wind blowing through you. He's not even going to notice you're there. You aren't going to do shit except be another victim. But she was like, let's go. Because, you know, all the people around her are telling her, oh, you're strong. Are you putting on some muscle? You ain't putting on shit. If I found a, a man, your height and your weight with no fighting experience, he's going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and men like being men. But guess what? Women like being women. Mm -hmm. They like being the fairer sex. They like us going out and taking all the scrapes and the bruises and slings and arrows of life and keeping them safe and keeping them happy. They like being women, just like we like being men. Yeah. But the people that come in and talk that shit want to blur those lines. That's all it is, is talk. If you want to, if you want to dress, you want to put on your little button up shirt and slick your hair back and go out with your lady and some dude pinches her ass. What are you going to do? You're going <laughs> right. to square up. Or are you going to say, I'm a woman, you can't do that. No, you want to play around, square up with that dude, go tap that six-foot dude, 250 pounds, who just worked 40 hours, and he's yeah. a little buzzed. You go tap him on his shoulder and say, hey, buddy, let's go outside. Mm -hmm. You ain't going to do that shit at all. <laughs> You're going to start playing the woman part. Oh, he yeah. touched me, but he was going to kick my ass. How's he I can't and, breathe. I can't yeah, breathe. Yeah. And how's he supposed <laughs> to know? Because you're wearing boys' clothes, you got a boy's haircut, and you're walking around here like a fucking boy. Right. But he blasts your fucking nose in half, and now, oh, you can't do that to a woman. <laughs> Go back where you're supposed to be. You play your part. I'll play mine. Amen. That's, that's crazy talk. <laughs> Say it, man. They believe it. <laughs> Well, Jericho, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Glad you could make the time to talk to your two long-haired East Coast friends. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome on. We always enjoy your content and, uh, you know, we enjoy your visits here and uh, your comedy and the fact that, uh, you know, you you keep the uh, flag waving high and strong out there in, uh, in the bastion of uh, liberal bullshit. So, Good on you, and then uh, you know, continued success with your uh, with your channel and your live streams and all that kind of stuff. And speaking of that, where do people find the great Jericho Green? Oh well, um, you can find me, of course, YouTube, um, also on Rumble, Locals, Spotify. I have a link tree in the description box; has all my links there. But uh, like you were saying, Monday through Saturday, one p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I do a live stream. It lasts about an hour and a half, some you know, between an hour and a half, two hours. And we just talk about what's going on, man. And it never stops. There's always something. These jackasses are so stupid. But also, you know, people's questions they have or comments, you know, it takes the conversation in all different directions. But we have a good time, man. And I finally figured out how to share the screen. So now I can pull up shit, react to it, and, you know, break it down. And we just have a great time, man. It's a fucking ball. So, uh, yeah, hit that link tree. You can catch me everywhere. And I also launched a merch website, mygreengear.com. Yeah, you're, you're, very, you're very active with, uh, you know, updating the new green gear all the time. You 
who uh, who works with you with your uh, designs and you know your new uh, product and stuff? Um, uh, this lady uh, named Marjorie. Shout out to her. She's awesome. You talk about uh, if I call her or send her a message or an email, it's back before I even put my phone back in my pocket. She's awesome. I pretty much have an idea, tell her about it, and she makes it appear on the merch. If the, sometimes you know there's things I might have to change, or and she's you know I rely on her expertise. You know, maybe she can take that, but it needs to be like this or something like that. But she may, usually makes my visions uh, come true. And yeah, man, I have an idea. I email her and then that shit's up like in a couple of days. And it, I, I love it. And I love that it's, you know, it's what comes from here. You know, things I see or things I experienced or whatever. Right. And it seems to be working. So, yeah, it's it's great, man. I, I really appreciate you guys letting me come on here and uh, sure. share the air, you know. And uh, you know how it goes. I try to be done with the left. But they just won't let me. Right on. <laughs> well, look, look at it. Look at us celebrating diversity, unity, and harmony among the three of us. <laughs> this, this is this is America. This is America. This is people getting together, not giving a shit what you look like, as long as we're of like minded. Yeah. Maybe we're not, and maybe we can learn something from each other. And if we don't, shake hands. I'll see you next time. That's right. 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 Exactly. All right, Jericho, I always appreciate your content. Go check out Jericho Green at all his platforms and go go pick up some green gear. I know Chris had has a I Jericho have a I have a, I've got the the round logo green green gear. I do. Oh, that's that's OG green gear. And I have I have the t-shirt that you guys sent me, but I wear it when my kids aren't here. Yeah, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Because we're, we're foul bastards, Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, when are we coming on your show? That's my question. Well, I finally had my first guest yesterday. So okay. that cherry's been popped. I've worked out the kinks. So once I'm good enough, you know, because I want you guys to have a good experience as well. And I want to have sure. great questions and know how to use all this shit. So I, I I got my virgin voyage out of the way. And I'll definitely have you guys on there, man. Very cool, man. Awesome. Excellent. All right, Jericho, uh, your story about your mom uh, grabbing your CDs from you and throwing them into the fire uh, reminds me of a song of one of my favorite bands, and I'm going to play it for you. So uh, until next time we have you on the show, uh, go check out Jericho Green. So, Jericho, I'm going to play a docking song for you called Into the Fire. So, <laughs> so uh, go check out Jericho Green. Always a pleasure, and uh, we'll see you again. Thank you, guys. All right, here it is. It's docking with Into the Fire exclusively here on your Classic Metal Show. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out the Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. And hand job. <laughs>